It's the old Airbnb Christmas switcheroo. Welcome everyone to Rebooted, the podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to. Did people used to do this back in the early 2000s? Or is this just a movie device to get us to the smooching? Because I, like, I've never heard of like people switching houses, but I don't know. I guess there was something in the trivia that was like, yeah, it was it was common enough that the police had to stop, like had to warn against it because people were getting house like swapping. They robbed. have to warn against house swapping. Yeah, because like, you know, people were getting robbed and killed, which is so funny because <laughs> I feel like in the early 2000s, people would have been like, oh, Airbnb is such a bad idea. You're 100 percent going to get murdered. And now it's like people have like orgies in other people's houses. And it's just like, eh, what are you going to do? I was. In the movies, we have leading ladies, and we have the best friend. You, I, I can tell, are leading lady, but for some reason, you're behaving like the best friend. You're so right. You're supposed to be the leading lady of your own life, for God's sake. Arthur, I've been going to a therapist for three years, and she's never explained anything to me that well. That was brilliant. Brutal, but brilliant. Just get a better therapist. I don't, <laughs> don't blame the therapist. Like, um, so this, having, uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say this discourse is kind of way ahead of its time because Gen Z, I think, has now opted this whole thing of like main character, side character. You know what I'm talking about? I don't. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> let's elaborate. Why, why specifically Gen Z? I think, well, I see it a lot on TikTok, the idea of like people being like, like main character energy, you know, like there's like the way, exactly what Arthur's saying. Like there's, there's leading lady energy and then there's best friend energy. And I feel like Gen Z has now like fully embraced this idea that like there's main character energy and there's side character energy. That's interesting. I, I <laughs> just like in life, I guess, I guess that makes sense. So which one do you have? Oh gosh. I think I, have, <laughs> I think I have side character energy, <laughs> but I don't know. I just, I need someone who's like 19 to tell me because I, I, I'm on TikTok all the time. Like, yeah, I think I get what they're talking about, but I have no idea. Here's the thing. Side characters are show stealers. So even if you are a side character, sometimes you're the most memorable part of the movie. You know, like, I don't know how many people want to be Luke Skywalker. Everyone wants to be Han Solo. They want to be the side character. You know what I mean? Like, but here's the thing. Han Solo has main character energy. As a side character. Okay, yes. That's interesting. Which is a whole other dynamic that we that we would have to dig into. That's layers on layers. Well, welcome everyone <laughs> to Rebooted. Uh, I'm Brian Flynn, and with me is always, as a main character, with main character energy, is Thank my you. co-host, Kenneth Trent. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, we're going to take a classic Hollywood film and talk about it as if it was to be remade today. It's Christmas time. We're, in, we're getting in the holiday spirit. Literally, we're going to talk about 2006's... Did I get this right? Yeah. 2006's Nancy Meyer... I don't want to say it's a classic, but uh, I, I guess it, it uh, is. It's a holiday classic. It's the holiday. Uh, yeah, it's the holiday. Um, 
So we've been doing this for a while now. I think this is like our hundredth and ninth episode. Um, and having done this for a long time, there are times where movies will pop up on TV or just like in my head and I'll recast them. It's just like, this, it's the whole reason we have this sh- mm-hmm. show. This podcast is because you and I are the two weirdos that just naturally do this all the time. Yes. Um, but I remember in our first year, I did a recast of this movie in my head and I remember like exactly who I picked. Oh. Um, do you, do you want me to say who? Cause I didn't pick any of them. You didn't pick any of them now. No. Oh, um, I'm I'm fascinated, but I'm I wonder if it's going to distract me from Maybe. I'll, I'll with the exception of one, my Arthur remained the same. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe we'll do maybe we'll do it as the at the end as a little tidbit. As a little treat? Yeah. Okay. A little we, fucking also- stuffer. Oh Jesus. I'm like- <laughs> And also, uh, there is a movie within a movie that we have picks for. Yeah. So this is sort of a chock full of... Uh, Lots of actors. Yeah. We, we got to get into it. We got to get into it. But before we do that, we have uh, some movie news, I, I assume. That's usually how this works. Before we start talking about this movie, we talked about actual things that are being remade. Uh, Short Circuit. You guys remember that lovely 1986 film about a quirky robot, you know, Short Circuit walked so Wally could run, basically. Oh. Well, Short Circuit remake to get a Latinx jolt from Spyglass Media. Um, This is from Deadline. Spyglass Media Group has set a remake of the 1986 short, I said short film, film, full feature length film, (laughs) Short Circuit. Do you get that? It's a full movie. But it's called Short Short Circuit. Yes. Yes. Uh, Bringing on the writing team of Eduardo... Cineros and Jason Schumann to put a Latinx twist on the screenplay for the family film. The original was directed by John Badham and starred Ali Sheedy, Steve Gutenberg, and Fisher Stevens in a comedy that centered around number five, an experimental military robot that is struck by lightning and gains a human-like intelligence. I uh, can't talk about this film without talking about Fisher Stevens mm-hmm. in the movie. An American, a white American actor, Uh-oh. put on brownface oh, to no. play Indian. Oh no, no! As we're fond of saying in my country, marketplace makes dull home for rodents. Where are you from, anyway? Bakersfield, originally. No, I mean your ancestors. Oh damn, Pittsburgh. Different time, obviously. Uh, Ben Kingsley's still doing it. I don't know, like what let <laughs> Ben Kingsley still do this, but um, it so it didn't. I, it hasn't aged well in that one regard. But as a movie, it's like a fun family adventure that had at least one other sequel. I don't know if they made a third, but um, what do you think about this Latinx robot family comedy? Love this. Love love. Um diversifying our family dynamics um i've never seen short circuit but it feels very prescient to think that a a a robot even more now a robot would become sentient what do we think the robot's going to be in 2020 are we thinking is it some like government created machine is it something that exists in our home like is like your Google Home gonna come alive or Roomba? You know, 
That's really interesting. And you could take this so many ways. Like, is it going to look human or is it going to have the charm of like the really janky robot? Is there going to be the magical realism of being struck by lightning? <laughs> yeah. Does this have the same effect? Does this have the same effect in a post bicentennial man world? I was j- okay. Weird, weird history about bicentennial man. It was on TV like, <laughs> two days ago okay and i completely forgotten about that but yeah i was thinking that exact design with like an actor with like robot prosthetics on them which looks so weird now um <laughs> i also think like one of my first dates ever was to go see that movie wow that's a oh, great date movie <laughs> <laughs> it did not go well um, I don't know. I, I, I'm sort of seeing like a family friendly chappy. I, 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 I'm into that as like character design. Yeah. I'm into that. I think there's something fun to, to that like design in a, it's sort of like a, like a C, like a C3PO, like, but a little more like bumbling, Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, just sort of like Chappie. I mean, it's an action movie. What if Cha- like, what if it like was just Chappie, but as a family movie? Chappie. Like Diane Word is still in it, and it's just like a, a comedy, though. <laughs> what are you doing? Teach him to shoot. You shouldn't be doing this shit with him yet. Dion said he has to be orientated first. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna go and get the weed on my own without the stupid fucking robot. He's not stupid. He's just a kid. God, do your nails. Go play hide and seek with your titanium baby. Yeah, that's what I'm sort of thinking. Like a very just sort of like, <laughs> I mean, this is going to sound way more like esoteric, like horror, but it's like a robot that doesn't know how to be a robot. Like it doesn't know how to use its limbs and it's sort of clumsy and bumbling. And it's like the family has to hide it from like government officials. Like I could see it. So um, it's, a, it's a little bit chappy meets E.T. Yeah. <clears throat> like, let's just smash those movies what a weird, what a weird combo okay are we ready to move on to what is not some reboot news but is casting news that we all should care about in case yeah. you've been living under a rock or I don't know just staying off of social media which is fine I'm really happy for you that that's something you're doing Johnny Depp has been replaced in the Fantastic Beast series he is no longer going to be playing Gellert Grindelwald, and they have replaced him with Big Paws, Mads Mickelson. Love it. I love it. Who doesn't love Mads Mickelson? Truly. Like, um, this is so. I'll read you a quote um, that he said about the part. Um, which now I'm like, what was the question? Cause he says, well, it's going to be me. So that's a difference. We're still working it out. There has to be a bridge between what Johnny did and what I'm going to do. And at the same time, I also have to make it my own, but also we have to find a few links to the previous version of the character and some bridges. So it doesn't completely detach from what he's already masterfully achieved. Very kind words. Um, Cause he's taking his job essentially, but here's the thing. Johnny Depp was never meant to be in Fantastic Beasts. (laughs) 
And already, like with the single change of a cast member, already these movies are way more interesting to me. That's true. I, I, okay, there's so much to dive in here. Let's put Johnny Depp away. We don't need yeah, to talk Let's about put him in a box forever. We've talked about him enough on this podcast. But okay, casting of Mads Mickelson. You and I were talking about like, what are they going to do when this news broke that Johnny was out? Like, who are they going to get? And mm-hmm. I was just like, I don't know, but like, <laughs> well, we're going to lose out. What did I say? I was like, we're going to lose out on the Jude Law, Johnny Depp smooching scenes. Yes. And then your, you were like, your biggest, you concern, like, your biggest concern was not getting to see Johnny Depp and Jude Law kiss. Was ramrodding. No pun intended. The gay makeout scene between Grindelwald and and Dumbledore in a children's movie. I needed it, and I was I was disappointed because. Um, but do we think that that doesn't exist anymore? Because I think personally, this is much more exciting. This is much more exciting. So, like when this broke, when this broke, I I was just like, okay. Meets back on the table, boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so this is this is the better. Right. It's here's the thing. I'm not saying that one person is better. Like to be honest, the character of Grindelwald, perfectly fine. Johnny Depp was doing okay, but thinking about. The connection that we haven't quite seen yet, but that we all know to be true, the connection between Dumbledore and Grindelwald. I think thinking about that and thinking about these two actors being Mads Mikkelsen and Jude Law playing off of each other, that is good cinema. Yes. And you made a point, which I agree with, that these movies are infinitely more interesting to me now with Mads Mikkelsen instead of Johnny Depp. I wish they would go one step further and recast the main character as well. Like, I I, I know Eddie Redmayne is an <laughs> Academy Award-winning thespian, truly a talent in his own right, but I don't care about his performance in these movies. They're so mumbling, like... I just, he, I don't know how, how else to describe it that I disconnect from him because I cannot understand what he is saying through all of these movies. Like, <laughs> he plays it very, like, small and, like, inward. And my hope, because I agree, I don't think, I don't think the character that Eddie Redmayne is playing is particularly interesting, especially because what we really want to get to is, like, the, the Dumbledore stuff. And I'm kind of hoping that we just... Yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking for some hot, steamy... We want Dumbledore to get some. (laughs) With the steamy Dumbledore nights in a children's movie. (laughs) In a children's movie. You are the only wizard who is his equal. I need you to fight him. I can't. Because of this... You and Grindelwald were as close as brothers. Oh, we were closer than brothers. But here's the thing. I do think overall, too, Mads Mikkelsen, as a as a villainous character, is one for our whole time. Like, 
he just he just works like we loved him in casino royale we loved him in hannibal we loved him in dr strange like how many villains does this man have to play honestly as many as he wants i think i'm the only one who i mean you've watched both of them i think i'm the only one of my friends who have actively seen both of these in theater Mm -hmm. and they're a struggle they're a struggle they're not like it does not have the same pun intended magic as the other stories and films do but we're looking to make a little magic <laughs> in the <laughs> in the future we're turning this franchise around guys <laughs> it's all Fantastic of this and- beasts indeed <laughs> I mean, what are the actual chances that Warner Brothers like approves a um any more than like a hint that these two men are gay? I don't know. Speaking of Warner Brothers, the news came out two days ago that they're releasing their entire 2021 slate. Oh yeah. Same time on HBO Max as they're being released in movie theaters. So it completely seems like a subscriber grab. Like they just, they mm-hmm. need the numbers to start competing with Disney Plus and Netflix. If they were smart, they would give us all of it. They would give us, they, w- they would be like, heads up guys. Right. Fanpa- Fantastic Beast 3. You're going to see some shirtless wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and Jude Law. Everyone would start downloading the app immediately. Honestly, I think the person I'm most happy for in this circumstance is Jude Law because I think like when they announced that he was going to be young Dumbledore, I was like this already throws us into like an into the stratosphere. Like this is great. Mm-hmm. And then now we're get, now we're really getting some traction into what his character is going to be and I I'm excited for him. I am too. I I think I can't be I I want these movies to be good. Like I want the Harry mm-hmm. Potter, uh, the Potterverse to continue on um, after Harry's adventures and Harry's stories. Like, yeah, I don't want Harry Potter to go the way of Star Wars and like disappear for years and then end up in some in the hands of people who don't really like understand it or, or you know, other franchises that may have just sort of like, you know, taken missteps. Um, so hopefully number three gets us back there and this casting gets us back there because uh, i'm i'm totally sold so i'm 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 jazzed um you ready to talk about the holiday yeah let's do it all right guys this is our reboot of the holiday or maybe we should just realize that what we've had these past few weeks has been perfect and maybe it won't get any better than this and maybe We're trying to figure this thing out because it makes us feel so good to feel this way. And maybe the fact that I'm leaving in eight hours makes this far more exciting than it might actually be. I have another scenario for you. Good. I'm in love with you. I apologize for the blunt delivery. But as problematical as this fact may be, I am in love with you. And I'm not feeling this because you're leaving and not because it feels good to feel this way, which by the way, it does or did before you went off like that. I can't figure out the mathematics of this. I just know I love you. Can't believe how many times I'm saying it. And I never thought I'd feel this way again. So that's pretty phenomenal. 
And I realize I come with a package deal, three for the price of one, and my package, perhaps, in the light of day isn't all that wonderful, but I finally know what I want, and that in itself is a miracle. And what I want is you. Man, we are getting in this movie peak, peak Jude Law. Oh, okay. Well, you and I have different definitions of peak Jude Law because I I watched this and I was like, I wanted him to go bald halfway through and immediately just evolve into his final form of incredible character actor that he's become. Like, I don't know if I love leading man Jude Law as much as I love, like, weird, uh, like... Road to Perdition, Jude Law, or uh, do we not see a little bit of that in him in in this though? Like this is sort of, I think, bridging the thing of like I don't know, like young and free Jude Law versus like wow, I'm really serious about my craft, and maybe it's just because he looks like a really, really, really good actor acting against Cameron Diaz. I'm so sorry, Cameron. <laughs> This was written with Cameron Diaz in mind. And uh, I have so many gripes about Nancy Myers, but that is inexcusable. Like speaking Cameron of oh. the okay. we we just did a Nancy Myers movie. And we did? Um No, we did a Nora Ephron movie. Oh, right. But what's weird about that is um she uses a line in this. She uses the terrorist line from Sleepless in Seattle in this movie. It's almost like she wants to be Nora Ephron. My ex- is, is woefully short. My exact face when I heard that was like, why are we still talking about this? Because <laughs> it's a funny line. Um, all right. Uh, where, do we, where, where should we start? Should we, should we talk about the fake movie in the movie? Because that's sort of where we meet Cameron Diaz's character is that she is somehow the editor extraordinaire of all movie trailers, which I'm, is that a, like, uh, shop talk real quick. Sorry, everyone. We're going to get a little Hollywood insider, but like, are there dedicated trailer editors? Is that a thing? Like only trailers? There are dedicated trailer houses, like editing companies specifically for trailers. There are. Okay. Yes. So I think that's sort of like, this is very like industry for people who don't know what happens in the industry to just be like, yeah, she's a famous movie trailer editor. (laughs) Like, I think, I think it's feasible for this person to exist. And maybe the reason she has so much money is because she does it all out, out of her house, but it's really hard to imagine her being this like, (laughs) extravagantly wealthy woman who edits movie trailers she like the amount of wealth that they put her at is almost like cameron diaz in real life you know what i mean like above the line trailer editor kind of level which doesn't make any sense um two very famous actors work for her we have katherine hahn and John Krasinski. John Krasinski. It was really strange to see them back then. It's almost like when you watch, it's sort of the same time period. Like if you watch like an 
early 2000s Judd Apatow movie, mm-hmm. suddenly it's like everyone in there is like a mega actor now. Yeah. Like, like Jonah Hill and 40 year old virgin is, is strange to me now because like that guy doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like in Marty Scorsese movies and is like, it's true. Um, okay. Uh, the movie. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the movie in the movie. Yes. What is it what called? Is it, called? <laughs> <laughs> I, it has it has like a like a one word deception. 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 This is our reboot of deception. Deception. Rebecca Green was just your average twenty year old until the father she never knew left her something she never expected. Don't scream. Your father left you something in his will. I never met my father. Well, at least now you know he was interesting. Lindsay Mohan. James Franco. Deception. How do you happen to have two guns? Didn't think one would be enough. Christmas Day. The movie is called Deception, starring Lindsay Lohan and James Franco, two of the biggest celebrities of the time. Yeah. And to think that, like, Lindsay Lohan at that point, like, watching her, you're like, 100% this would have been a movie she would have been in at the time. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. I enjoyed that they even put in, like, quips for James Franco's, like, sexy spy guy. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) So, Um, as as a side mission, is that what it's called in, like, games where you go do something that isn't related to what you're actually doing? (laughs) As a side mission, we decided to recast Deception. The f- the film trailer we see in the movie with our own 2020 young hotshots. I I just tried to think of like two of the hottest youngest celebrities I could think of currently, and I mm-hmm. went with Timothy Chalamet and Zoe Kravitz. But Timothy Chalamet in the Lindsay Lohan damsel role, and Zoe Kravitz oh. as the cool James Franco spy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's interesting. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet as the damsel. That <laughs> just made me chuckle the whole time. That I saw this, this precious little damsel. I saw this really funny meme the other day that was like, what do Timothy Chalamet and Megan the Stallion have in common? And it was the same middle name. And I don't know why, <laughs> but that really got me. Um, I Okay, so I maybe went in a slightly different direction because I wanted to pick... Because I feel like, too, at the time, there was just a certain feeling about the way Lindsay Lohan and James Franco were famous and that they were at, it's almost like an intangible fame quality, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. of like, who is just maybe not so in the zeitgeist, but when you bring their names up, you're like, oh, yeah, they were incredibly famous at that time. And so I kind of wanted them to, I wanted to pick like, um, not like heartthrobby, but like, I don't know, like the young people that it's like, oh, yeah, they would do like a cameo and kind of ham it up for this kind of movie, which I think they're doing. Um, yeah. So I picked for my Lindsay Lohan, Selena Gomez. And then for my James Franco, I picked Dylan O'Brien. Because they oh, seem like they seem yeah. like game people to like have fun with it. Selena Gomez is pretty spot on. Like just like a teen idol yeah. kind of pick. Yeah, that's funny. 
I would watch none of these movies. <laughs> I would watch none of, the, none of the Deception series. Well, in in 2006, I think Deception would have been the kind of movie I would have like went to because it would have been the movie that would have been in our like one screen movie theater in Kentucky. Like I would have went with my friends to see that movie a hundred percent and probably thought, Oh wow, this is decent. And then later realized that it was trash. <laughs> so in the movie, the holiday, the trailer for deception ends with opening Christmas day. And if this movie had been real, we would have been celebrating the 14th anniversary of deception. How crazy would have that been? <laughs> and you know, Deception would have had several sequels and possibly a reboot. So, mm-hmm. all right. That was a fun little side mission. Should we <laughs> dive into the actual Christmas movie that we decided yeah. to talk we about? Have, we have Jude Law to get to. Let's get going. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll just be quick about a little bit about this movie. I don't like Nancy Myers movies. And mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of Nancy Myers movies. Nancy Myers, director of Something's Gotta Give, uh, it's complicated. The intern, oh, the intern was on TV the other day, and I was like, oh, Nancy Myers. I just started watching it, and I'm like, this is so convenient. Like, all of her movies are so safe. Yeah. Um, they're meant to make you feel good, even in moments where like characters are supposed to be feeling distress. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> and I know you could say that it's like, well, it's the genre like of rom coms, but. We, it's not like we just did a rom-com where the story starts at a funeral, like, and you feel the weight yeah. of that loss through the whole movie. I just am like, we have to do better. <laughs> like in this recast, I was just like, we have, to, I ha- I was just like so adamant that the movie was funnier and filled mm-hmm. with people that we would actually like feel that these problems were big and significant because i agree that i think that the movie is designed to make you feel like warm and fuzzy even though there is so much that is frustrating about it but i will say i think maybe more so with iris there is like a heavier pall and i it might honestly be kate winslet's performance of like she is really messed up like we just watched the clip of Arthur being like, why aren't you with your friends and family for the holidays? And she immediately breaks down because anytime she thinks about Jasper, she like can't, she just can't. She literally cannot. Did he ever actually tell you that he loved you back? Yes, three, almost four times. And when I reminded him of that, he said that it must have been as an answer to a question, which by the way, it absolutely was not. You know, Iris, when you catch your guy with another woman, you're not supposed to stay friends with him. You're supposed to never talk to the prick again. You're supposed to throw things at him, scream, call him names, not do his blooming laundry. Don't do his laundry. Did someone tell you I do his laundry? Maybe this is a woman thing. Maybe this is just a me at the point in my life I'm in thing. But I felt that. And I don't, but I don't think it's like the construction of the movie. I do think that it, it really is a performance thing, but you definitely feel that. And it is ultimately like a big, like, who cares? Because you know, she's going to fall in love and you know, everything's going to be okay. And the magic of the Santa Ana's like, it's going to be fine. (laughs) 
Those Santa Anas, anything can happen. Which, FYI, guys, the only thing that actually happens when the Santa Anas blow is that your neighbor's tree gets knocked over. That's it. Yeah. Palm fronds smash on the hood of your car, and yeah. which ha- definitely happened to me. It's and then not you cute. Can't look straight ahead. It's not cute. It's it's more of like there's a sense of danger that anything can happen, yeah. not the like romantic <laughs> sense that anything can happen. Um, all right, let's start with Amanda. Let's start with Amanda, played by Cameron Diaz, the person this movie was written for, which is crazy to me. Like, I, I, at some point, Cameron Diaz was charming, right? Like, I remember liking her in a lot of things. Like, I remember liking her in The Mask yeah. and Charlie's Angels. Yeah. But, like, you watch her in this and you're just like, what is it? What is she? What are we doing? Like, what is happening here? Um, it's the part of me is like, do I dislike the character? Do I dislike her? Like, I do think that there is a certain emotional weight that she's not bringing to the performance, but like the, even like the idea that her big problem is like, she can't express her emotion. She doesn't cry. Like even when she's sad, she's not like outwardly sad. She doesn't know how to like sit in her feelings. And part of me is like, is that is that just Cameron Diaz? Like, because it does seem to like fit her in a way of like being very stone faced. But yeah. I mean, she's like the breakup scene. Speaking, we had a whole conversation about breakup scenes when we did Sleepless oh, in Seattle. <laughs> speaking of speaking of breakup scenes, when she breaks up with Ed Burns, it is one of the most detached things I have ever seen. Like. I'm a little like even though he cheated on her, I'm like a little on his side for some reason. And it's <laughs> yeah. it's so strange because he's like, yeah, like we don't connect. It's like you can't even cry. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 100 percent. It would bother me if my significant other like couldn't cry. Like I get it, but I want to be I just want to be more on her side. It's crazy. You know, I would never cheat on you, not under any conditions. Neither would I, okay? I mean, look at me. I'm down here sweating like a pig, and look at you. I mean, you're the only woman on the face of the earth who breaks up with her boyfriend and doesn't even shed a tear? I mean, that's gotta mean something, right? Why does it bug you so much that I can't cry? Oh, esophageal spasm. Guys, a big one. He literally says the line, like we've had problems for a year and I know that you never want to talk about it. It's like, that is an issue. Oh yeah. So you're right. I'd be like, of course he's going to look elsewhere. Like, of course, like if he's the one who's trying to fix things and Cameron Diaz is just like hiding away at work, like it's not a likable character. No. Um, but I don't know if it's Cameron Diaz's performance. I mean, it's probably both to be honest. Like you cannot put Jude Law, Kate Winslet and, even Jack Black. Jack Black is a tremendous talent. Mm-hmm. And have her go up against like she most of her scenes with Jude Law, but like you can't, you can't you can't put a lightweight in the ring with a heavyweight. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. Pretty tricky. Um why don't you go first? Okay, so I'm gonna preface my whole cast by saying that it's not part of me started this being like, oh, I'm bringing all of my like biggest names, all of the heavy hitters. This is gonna be a rom com for the ages. And then I really thought about it, and there were just people that I thought of that I was like, huh, but I really want this person. And I don't know if anybody knows who they are, but I I made it for me. 
and very specifically right. something that I would like to see. So for my Amanda, I picked Kylie Bunbury, who oh yeah um, has been doing a lot of television recently. She's on that new show, um, I think Big on Sky. ABC called Big Sky. Um, she was in an episode of The Twilight Zone. Guys, I never go an episode without talking about The Twilight Zone. Um, but I just think she, as like the the vision of the person that I want to see in a rom-com, she just fits. Like, I think she is, she can be like cute and bubbly, but also I would believe her as like the businesswoman who is successful and sure of herself within her career, but also might be going through the same, like, how do I be in a relationship when I don't know how to like experience my own feelings? Like I, she is someone I want to see go on the journey and someone that I think could sell it perhaps a little better. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I think she's great. I, she's in game night, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a weird connection to Kylie Bunbury because my first job in television was on under the dome and she was a cast member in season two or three. And I just remember feeling so sad for everyone who had to act on that show. (laughs) Like their, their talents were being so wasted. Um, Okay, interesting. I haven't seen Big Sky. Dana, uh, Dana's crushing episodes because something about network TV is pretty. I don't know if it's like ironically interesting to her, but um, she was she got hooked on it. So oh, interesting. um, That's good to know. Yeah, that's a good pick because I totally see the like overworked LA professional type who then sort of softens and melts into like. A, a romance storyline with her a mm-hmm. lot of times. Like a lot of times she, she plays like these pretty strong and um, well, like what's the show she was in where she was like the first starting pitcher in major league baseball. Oh yeah. Pitch. Like, I Pitch or something like yeah. that. Like that's what I'm also like thinking about, like a, like a trailblazing woman in a man's world. Like that's more important to her. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, here comes relationship stuff. And she's like, you know, is this what I want? Is this something that, you know, might take away from how people see me? Like, can I not be vulnerable with a man because, you know, it could be seen as weakness or something like that. So I get it. I, I think that's an interesting pick. Um, and I do think that she's really talented. I don't know if she's going to jump from TV into more of a leading role in film, but mm-hmm. give her a shot. Why not? Um, I wanted to pick an Amanda and Iris, like sort of thinking about them together, that felt really different from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in that chat room scene, which we should talk about briefly, uh, <laughs> but it felt like these were two women who might as well have been the same fucking person. Like again, yeah. very Nancy Myers safe choice. Um, so if you're going to show a correspondence scene, which you never really should, uh, it's so boring, mm-hmm. um, like at least differentiate the voices in some way, like at least give iris and amanda different textural flavor so it's not like i'm looking for a big like magical hollywood romantic getaway i'm looking for like a quaint escape cottage are there any boys there (laughs) none great she literally asks are there any men in your town it's so for some reason iris's response is no i'm iris by the way i'm very normal Neat freak, healthy, non-smoker, single. 
hate my horrible life. I'm Amanda. Loner, loser, and complicated wreck. Uh, I wanted to pick an Amanda that was less ditzy blonde and more complete fish out of water, which is why I picked Dan Levy. Wow. Okay. 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 Um, this is very Hollywood, interesting. Sort of Hollywood. Uh, what's the What's the term? Hollywood. Uh, I wouldn't say royalty, but you know, it comes from a. He's certainly comedy royalty at this point. Comedy, comedy royalty um, in his own. Like, he's never been bigger. I don't know if you saw Happiest Season. Um, another example of a holiday rom-com that had yeah. real emotional stakes. Also, why the fuck didn't Kristen Stewart get with fucking Aubrey Plaza? Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> right there. The whole time. I was rooting for She's them the so whole time. She's so emotionally intelligent and aware of herself. I um, like hated Mackenzie Davis for all of that movie. Her character is so, so poorly yes. written and it's such a shame. This is very, this is, it's interesting you bring that up though, because I think Dan Levy is one of my favorite parts of happiest season. Cause overall I do think it falls into like the, the unfortunate, uh, maybe like queer storyline, which is like, somebody's afraid to come out and they have to hide it from their family. And we turn it into laughs like, eh, but I think every time Dan Levy was on the screen, I was like, oh, yes, this is it. This is everything. And so for that reason, and as what I think like people have fallen in love with him on Schitt's Creek, like we want to see him succeed. We want to see him take that leap into like his own feature and, yeah. a, and away like, from like the stereotypes and away from even like uh, the specific comedy of Schitt's Creek, I think like. I'm I'm very into this. I think this would be a lot of fun to watch. He's having a moment. Like the dude won like 19 fucking Emmys yeah. the other day. Uh, let's move on to Iris, played by Kate Winslet. A- absolutely the best part of this movie is her like Cinderella story mm-hmm. set in like crazy Hollywood, but with a touch of like old classic Hollywood yeah. movie telling, which is which is probably my favorite part is like her and Arthur. Um, so good. But is, Iris's, is Iris's job to write love stories for the newspaper? Like what is that opening narration? I think she writes, I think she writes like wedding announcements. But just write the announcement. Don't, <laughs> it was so personally about herself. That but like, it was like, are people going to read this? But I think like the whole thing is, and this is kind of funny because print is dead. And so it's not like, it's not like in the new New York times, the like wedding announcements that are very sort of like long and drawn out and like tell a little bit of a story. Like we just don't do that anymore. So that as a, as a, um, another rom-com contrived moment of like, she's a writer of wedding announcements. Like, yeah. It's very specific and possibly doesn't work, but I think it puts her in the position to be like, she's surrounded by love and a hopeless romantic and everything is about like this dream she has. Like, eh. I'm I'm just seeing that like 20, this is a bad, this is the bad version, but like 2020's version of Iris is like, she cultivates Instagram like feeds like for weddings. <laughs> like she, she's so good at like cre- crafting the fucking propaganda of wedding, like people's weddings and how perfect their lives are. That I she's think that's just, good. 
surrounded by beauty and she recognizes it all the time except in herself. Um, okay, <laughs> my turn, I think. Uh, I wanted someone very, very English mm-hmm. and someone who could fill that idea that Arthur tells her, which is she's a leading lady who thinks that she is the best friend. Uh, Kate Winslet strikes me as an obvious leading lady. Mm-hmm. So I ended up picking Felicity Jones because she seems a little more subtle while still sort of sparkling on screen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's um, a very, it's a very like specific sort of like un maybe slightly unconventional English rose type. If that yeah. makes sense where like you can, I think what we see Kate Winslet doing where she's being a little quirky, but not in the way where it's like, Ooh, I'm quirky. Like that's it. I think that's really good. I think too, for me, that was a big hang up of like who without, without trying to make it too like I'm doing comedy, like who can do that and still get us right in the heartstrings of like painful breakups. She almost kills herself at the beginning of this movie. Low point. Low point. I forgot about that. She just starts inhaling gas like it ain't no thing. She's just like. (gasps) Yeah. So for my Iris, I also wanted to pick someone very English and I think very charming. Um, I picked Gemma Arterton. And Mm. for me, Gemma is one of those people that I'm just not entirely sure why she's not more famous than she is. Um, Because I think she's really good. And I kept thinking when it came to her comedy timing, she is in, I can't remember who did it, but there was this short that came out a couple years ago about what women go through, women um, auditioning, what they go through during the process of auditioning that's very like sexist and unfair. And she plays one of the casting directors in that somebody famous directed it and i can't remember who um but she was so spot on with like the dark comedy of that that i was Mm -hmm. like i feel like this works and i mean she is just like i i just see it i see her as like crying and upset i see her as like blossoming um and falling in love with quirky jack black type it is interesting. Like, why isn't she more famous? She was, she's in so many blockbuster movies. Like, she was a Bond girl. She was in, like, Prometheus. Like, oh, Prometheus. That's probably why. Um, I mean, like, class of, wait, was she in Prometheus? No, I'm thinking of someone else. I'm thinking of, uh, oh, God. But she's done, like, like Clash of the Titans, like one of those movies where it was like, we're going to make this yeah. a thing and it didn't. And then I think I'm there were several. Oh, yes. Very different. Uh, very different. I don't know. She's in so many movies. Like mm-hmm. it, it's very strange that it's like she'll pop up in a very big blockbuster release and then go back to like these like tiny indie movies that no one watches. Yeah. But she's why. so good. Guys, if you have never seen Byzantium, she and Sir Sharonim um play vampires. And it is so good and so overlooked as a movie. Check it out. Hmm. 
I didn't know that that was a vampire movie. It is, it is, it is. Cool. Um, great choice. Great choice. Should we move on to Graham? Jude Law. It's Jude Law time. More Jude Law. This podcast is mainly Jude Law. Uh, <laughs> talking about how we both want to see more of Jude Law. Um, okay, so Graham is a hoe. I just got to say it. Like, Graham Whoa. is a hoe. Are we slut shaming <laughs> on this podcast? Are we slut shaming? Yeah. This guy has kids at home and he goes like, so, okay, look, I'm not a parent. That I know. <laughs> and I'm sure it's very hard to be a parent. But when you have like two kids, I don't know. Like, what is this whole thing where he's like, he gets a month, every, one day a month. He goes to his like hometown bar, gets pissed and like fucks one of the women in this bar. Well, like, here's the thing. He does. Here's the thing. The whole reason this romance kicks off is because Jude Law, Jude Law is uh, Kate Winslet's brother. And so he rolls up to her looking for a place to stay after getting drunk. So he's not looking for a hookup. He's looking for his sister (laughs) and he finds a hookup. (laughs) Hold on. But that doesn't disqualify the fact that earlier he probably was looking for a hookup and knew that he had a place where they could bone. Like in the beginning montage, he like they he locks eyes with like a woman and it's like, eh? yeah, <laughs> like that's the whole thing is that like they say the narration is like sometimes love can be like a one night event or something like that. He's set up to be. I just think we should give him more credit because... <laughs> because here's the thing he is a consent king he does say one does not have sex with women who are unconscious and we have no choice but to stay on a man who fully understands the importance of consent also he chooses not to tell amanda about his kids because he understands that she is not ready to be a mother there are several things i think we could really appreciate about him even though he's a bad person but even you're a hoe doesn't mean you're a bad person but you implied (laughs) that he leaves his kids to go hoe around town. He does. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> and I'm fully aware that this is all just because it's Jude Law and I would literally lay down my life for this man. Like the entire reason I might love this movie is because Jude Law, like I wish Jude Law would come knocking on my door in the middle of the night and just be drunk and looking for a place to sleep. It's me, hurry up, I'm freezing. <laughs> Who are you? Iris, open the door or I swear I'm going to take a leak all over your front. Oh, you're not Iris. Or if you are, I'm much drunker than I realised. I'm sorry for my profanity. I wasn't expecting uh, you. (laughs) No, I wasn't expecting you either. But I do think, like, he's doing a pretty good job of maintaining, like, the dad stuff while also enjoying himself as still a young now single man. Okay. Anyway. I just feel like if this, if this was McConaughey, you would be on my side about it. Right? Like if it was. Honestly, it was maybe. Was... <laughs> I'm willing to admit that I'm a flawed human. Um, Your turn. So Graham for me was kind of the linchpin of this whole cast because I think recasting Jude Law in this is really difficult because he is super charming and so cute. Like Mr. Napkinhead, an icon 
everything, everything about him just works for me. So thinking about who could replace him, I think was really difficult. And then a name popped into my head. And even though I kept coming up with reasons why this would not work, I simply could not not cast him. So for my Graham, I picked Killian Murphy. Ooh, okay. Um, Which is crazy. That's interesting. Um, I love Killian Murphy. But you're really struggling do. with this. <laughs> but it's sort of like Jude, it's, okay, it's sort of like Jude Law where it's like he's a great character actor. Mm-hmm. Like Peaky Blinders, 28 Days Later, like this guy is like, you know, he's he's like a talent. Leading romantic lead? I think it's maybe, in there. Maybe, maybe we have to poll the female audiences. Like I don't necessarily find him to be like, I don't, I guess it's like, he's weird looking to me, I guess. But like, I guess it makes sense. How old is he? Like 40? Uh, 42, I think. I mean, I love him as a performer. I will say, would I see him I, in a Christmas holiday rom com. That would be so it, shocking. To it's me. a stretch. It's a big stretch, <laughs> and I'm so aware of it. But I did watch. I think it's like Vanity Fair that does those those like 30 minute long videos where it's like so and so actor takes you through all of their roles, and I watched his, and he's really like in the way that his characters don't always come off. He was so charming and interesting and lovely, and I do think he is attractive. Like, mm-hmm. I and I think Peaky Binders like fans would agree, but there was just something very like, like he might be this person in real life about him that I was like, I okay. bu- I buy it. That's interesting. That like real life Killian Murphy Murphy is almost more like the rom com leading like role as opposed to his crazy like scarecrow <laughs> i mean he yeah plays, he plays scarecrow. Dark. yeah um okay that's interesting i'm gonna marinate on it okay. uh, again i love him as an actor i'm an interesting choice and i know that i know this is weird but everyone just let it sit on your heart think about okay. it i think you'll come around right. but i'm excited to hear who you picked well i uh i know i laid into graham and his sort of debaucherous uh, lifestyle choices. But um, I did sort of think it was important that he was like strikingly handsome because it's like disarming when Amanda meets him. Like Mm -hmm. he's set up to be, he's set up to be a character that's supposed to, you think is going to break Amanda's heart, but it turns out he breaks it for like a completely different reason, which I get. Um, I picked, um, I picked Dan Stevens, who, um, very handsome man, mm-hmm. very talented actor. Um, I don't know if you guys watched Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that movie, and I thought he was so funny in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just see him as like a really romantic lead, like someone who you can put in as, you know, someone who's like going to be the, you know, kind of, one night stand slick Willie guy. And turns out that it's like, he's 
has like a family that he has to take care of. And I'm a working parent. I'm a mother and a father. I'm a guy who reads parenting books and cookbooks before I go to sleep. I spend my weekends buying tutus. I'm learning to sew. I'm Mr. Napkinhead. I'm on some <laughs> kind of constant overload and it helps to compartmentalize my life just till I figure this out. This past weekend, the children were with their grandparents and when they're gone, I get to be somebody who doesn't have hot chocolate spilled on his jeans. Dan Stevens was 100% on the short list because I think he is, he is the sort of like heartthrob rom-com lead that this kind of movie needs. Yeah. Love him. Love him. All on board. Uh, let's move on to Miles, played by the Jack Black. Love Jack Black. I love Jack Black. I But this yes. isn't Jack Black. It's, it's interesting because this part was so clearly written for, like, his sensibilities. But it's like, it's like reining him in in a way that feels really weird, too. Yeah. Also, um, how obvious is it that Jack Black is like standing on an apple box next to Kate Winslet? I had to look this. I looked up his height. Is he really? He's not that short. He's like five, five ten, right? No, like Kate I think Winslet's he's like. I think he's like five six. Really, Jack Black? It's pretty obvious. There's times where you're just like, there's, there's no the way. The proportion is off. His height isn't listed. Jack Black height five six. Oof, five six. Oh, that Kate Winslet. Height. Which here's the thing. Here's the thing. Five six. We love a short king. Like five six is fine. There is nothing. Kate Winslet's five seven. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on here. I, they put her in heels and they didn't give him anything. Like I just, I'll say this. I think that popular culture and women in general, I'll blame women in general, have put a lot of pressure on men in a way that like, if you are less than like five, nine, it is just like, I feel like there has, there's just been like this culture created around being like, that's unacceptable or it's weird. And I just, I don't think that's true. I think it would have been fine if they had put her in heels and stood him next to her and he's just a few inches shorter totally fine normalize taller women being with shorter men just normalize shorter men tom cruise quit doing what you're doing you know but it was funny (laughs) to watch them try I, i i i yeah i i think jack black obviously is a good leading man like actor like i think it makes sense not shallow how that that's a bad movie. We, can, <laughs> we need to burn that movie um but what he's doing here was so strange to me because he's so naturally charismatic and so naturally funny and so so original that i don't understand why they weren't just like jack just be you just be like crazy and funny and goofy like people love that like that to me would make more sense that Iris would fall in love with that guy. I feel like this Jack, what Jack Black, I'm not blaming him. I I sort of feel like Nancy Myers told him to do like a John Cusack impression and that's what he's doing. Oh no. Now let me ask you, 
Have you seen this? <gasps> Chariots of Fire loved it. Cling, 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 cling. Such a great score by Vangelis. Okay, driving Miss Daisy. Hans, very unexpected. Do you remember how great it was? Roodle dee doo screwdle dee doo is this a bad game? No! It sort of feels very like Hallmark card Jack Black. It doesn't feel like... It's... Know, but you're, you're right. There is like restraint there in a way where like in the in the like blockbuster scene, which holy cow, it's 2006 and they're at like a movie rental place. I don't know why, but it really blew my mind. They're, and then Dutton Hoffman is just there. <laughs> It's it's like th- that sort of scene. You're seeing like a little bit more of him as just like a, a character. And it's so much fun. But it's also like, but like, don't be too much. Like that feels like the note. Like take it a little bit further, but not too far. And mm-hmm. I think as fans of Jack Black, we just want to see him like go off. And he just never does in this movie, yeah. which is tough. Um, yeah. Anyways, I so... Uh, um. I know I said all that, but Jack Black is sort of one of a kind. So I just, I went in a different direction and I wanted to pick a person that I think has a lot of natural humor to them that, you know, could just come off as genuine and like, like, yeah, genuine and, and I guess realistic, but that's kind of a stupid thing to talk about in like in acting, but it's like come off as themselves Mm -hmm. and very like laid back. And what I liked about, the idea of Jack Black for Kate Winslet is that they are like Jack Black is not uh, Miles isn't Jasper. Jack Black isn't uh, yes Rufus Sitwell. What is that his name? The actor? Yeah, Rufus Sewell. Sewell, yeah. Um, and so I I ended up picking Rami Youssef from self-titled show Rami, which I started watching the other week, and I was like, this guy's like pretty funny and like Mm -hmm. you know um i also like that jack black was younger than kate winslet i kind of like that idea that like iris finds a guy who's like you know she she nabs a younger guy like i think that's cool but um just sort of like gives off a vibe of just being themselves and comfortable with themselves and uh it charms the sort of um lovelorn english house guest i don't know that was just my whole thing i think i think that's a really interesting choice i listened to i haven't seen rami but i listened to uh his episode of mike Birbiglia's podcast this week and coming as someone who like hadn't seen his stand-up hasn't watched his show but was just like oh, interested something like crazy did he no no, no. <laughs> no like i think well, he Brian, was you picked <laughs> An anti You just picked um, in this day and age. Um, anything is possible. But I think what's I was really charmed by him, and he seemed very like thoughtful and intelligent and uh kind like one of those things where like getting to getting to hear someone like be themselves in that situation, I thought was really endearing. And so I came away full fully prepared to be like, okay, like I am going to look more into like what he does. And I think mm-hmm. this is, it's just such an interesting choice because it is one of those things where again, I'm like, well then I'd want to see him sort of be himself because I think that's the thing 
that's going to make you be like, yeah, I really like this guy. I want him to get with the leading lady because I really, I think he's great. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a, a, a new fan of Rami Yusuf, but I think he's great. Yeah. It's a weird pick, but I went with it. Um, I think I also had a similar dilemma of like, you can't pick another Jack Black. So like who is like sweet and funny and I think would bring a natural charisma to every scene he's in because ultimately I think that is the piece of Jack Black that we do get in this movie is that even if it's not Mm -hmm. as much as we want, he's like amping up every scene he's in. Little Arthur and the Knights. Right? It's cheeky. It sounds like him. I also wrote one that sounds like you. You did? Iris, if you were a melody. Only the good notes. So I picked for Miles Kumail Nanjiani because I just really thought this, like, I just really enjoy seeing him as the sort of like insecure, like, talented, kind of sweet guy. That Iris falls in I love was with. So close to putting Camille <gasps> on for this pick. I think you're absolutely right. I think the only reason I didn't pick him is just because of who I picked for Iris. Like mm. I just thought about the match a little bit. But like, yes, like funny, naturally, like naturally funny guy. Mm-hmm. Love watching Camille Nanjiani. And now he's like ripped. So it's like <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And he's like keeping he's like keeping it up, Keep it. which is really insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that damn, that would have been fun if we had matched on that. But I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Good he works. Pick. Um, should we move on to Arthur? Ugh. Played by legend Eli Wallach. Shout out to Eli Wallach and his role in Good, Bad, and the Ugly, like classic mm. fucking spaghetti western cinema. Um the guy has been in so much over the years, and one of his last movies was Nancy Myers' The Holiday. It's very strange. But. but he does kill it. Like, as this sort of cute old man, wise guide to mm-hmm. Kate Winslet, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah, he's so good. Who did you... Wait, who picked? You You picked last. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, it's my turn. Um, I picked for my Arthur, Mel Brooks. So did I. <laughs> we did it. We looked we up men, we looked up actors over 90. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay, but it's more than that because like there really isn't anyone else I thought of that I thought should play this role. Like Mel Brooks, one of the greats, one of mm-hmm. the great comedians, directors, satirists, like, and the guy is 94. Yeah. And I honestly don't know how much longer he has. Like his best buddy died this year. Like yeah. I was I was worried that as soon as uh um Ed Asner, right? Mm-hmm. 
Sunuzet Asner went that like a, like an old married couple like Mel Brooks would like soon follow, but he's still around. He's, he's still, still going. It. Um, and I and I don't know how many more chances I would have had to pick Mel Brooks for this. Mm-hmm. I just think it's like let's give him one more fucking hilarious ride into the sunset and just let him be Mel Brooks for fucking two hours. Like, I think it would be great. It's it just. You need a character, not just someone who is like old and sweet. Like, <laughs> like you need someone with character. And so this character, I think, would look different, but bring the Mel Brooks like wit into things. And I think it would be a ton of fun to watch him try to like push Iris and Miles together and encourage something that he kn- he knows in a sort of magical old man way is gonna work what about you miles hmm? you're a man about town i presume no gents sadly i am not I'm just a one woman at a time kind of guy actually i've been dating a beautiful actress for about five months i do not know what she sees in me but i know i'm the luckiest guy in the world oh she's an actress mm. what's she been in anything we would have seen well, she hasn't done that much yet, but... And uh she tonight. Look, he's half dead, and he's still interested. <laughs> well, that may be curious. You know, he's here. Where is uh, she? She's on location in New Mexico. She's working on a little indie film. Sorry she couldn't be here. She'll be back in about 10 days. Her loss is our gain. Thank you, Arthur. Uh, fellas, I think we should leave these young folks and get back to our bedpans. We did it. And we ended on a fucking mind meld. So <laughs> let's move on to our favorite favorite actor who's been with us, ride or die, for 109 episodes. Mm-hmm. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? I think this will be interesting. I don't think we picked the same I don't think so this, either. Maybe we did. It's um, it's hard to find a place for Barry Pepper in this, and so I I put him in a in a essentially a bit part, but that I think would be fun to be like, oh, it's Barry Pepper. He's at the blockbuster. No, <laughs> as himself. No, I made him Ben, who is John Krasinski's part. Oh, Amanda's okay. Amanda's employee. I made him. Ethan, I made him Ed Burns. Oh, I thought it would be interesting to have Barry Pepper as like Dan Levy's older partner, who you know they just end up having a break. I don't know. Okay, okay, I'm into this. I'm into this. It's weird. I, I understand. <laughs> it's weird. I just didn't. I like. I didn't want to make him like Iris's boss, who announces Jas. He's too old to play Jasper. Like that didn't yeah. make sense. He's too young to be one of Mel Brooks's like old Jewish buddies. Like it's just, it's a weird spot for him. But yeah, sometimes we do movies that maybe, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but maybe Barry Pepper should not be in them. And that's okay. Sometimes we do that. (laughs) It's not that he shouldn't, it's that he can and he would do great at it. Um, Uh, okay. Do you want to hear? Yeah, old cat. Who's your original? Who are your original picks? So we're talking picks from like what twenty 
17, which is when we sort of started getting this podcast out the ground. And this is really speaking of the time. Um, But it was like Jennifer Lawrence as Amanda. Okay. Lupita Nyong'o as Iris. Daniel Mm -hmm. Kaluuya as Graham. And Andy Samberg as Miles. Oh, gosh. I like Andy Samberg as Miles a lot. I did too. But like all of these actors now have moved on to like way better things than the holiday. Like, like, first of all, does Jennifer Lawrence even act anymore? Or is she just like smoking weed on a beach? Like, it's a great question. What is she doing? That Hunger Games money. Um, So it it just felt like so dated. So I was like, oh, but anyways, that's one for the archives. Interesting. Um, this podcast has sort of run away from us. We're at an hour and 21 minutes here. Um, oh gosh. Would you remake this movie? No, but I would I would make one of the spinoff movies that we have discussed in general <laughs> through this whole thing. <laughs> I would do that for sure. Okay. I Like, I really, really want to say no to this, but I just feel like a Christmas movie, house swap, I don't know. It... It kind of makes sense to me. I just think I just think you got to make different choices than Nancy Myers. <sighs> That's all. That's all I have to say. We got to stop using the terrorist line. It's not harder. <laughs> it's not. What is it? Easier to get murdered by a terrorist than by it is to get married get over forty. It's not true. But it feels true. Um, <laughs> oh, t- tell me about that, Brian. <laughs> feels true because it is true. Um, <laughs> That's it for us, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Rebooted. If you like this episode, please check out our past episodes. Please check out our future episodes. We got one more episode coming at you for 2020, and it is going to blow you away. That's a little clue, I guess. Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Tell your friends and family about us. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That's the best way to help us out. You can also now find us on Ko-fi, where you can go to make a very small donation to help us keep making this fine podcast. That link is in our description and all over Twitter. You can also find us on social media, at RebootedPod, on Twitter and Instagram. We're everywhere. We're global. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Enjoy the holiday season and stay safe out there, guys. Bye. Bye.